We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Rays just lost at home. Good. For the second time? Oh, they lost already? They lost yesterday. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, the Astros are doing Astro things, I guess. <laughs> the Rays are finally playing uh, teams that aren't the uh, the fucking dumpster of the league. Yeah, one one nothing. They lost today. Mm-hmm. Just literally as as we were coming on, I saw the the ground ball to Pena. He threw it over to first, and the Rays go down. Now. Fuck the Rays, but did you guys see yep. that um, the catch that Wander Franco made the other day? Mm-mm. It was pretty cool. He's running, I think he was in foul territory, and um, either he misjudged or the ball sailed on him at the last moment, but he's like reaching out with his glove, reaching for it, and he realizes the ball is just a little bit too far away, and he reaches out his bare hand just beyond his glove and, and catches it with his bare hand, this like big popper up in like shallow left field or whatever. It was a pretty nice, nice. play. Nice. You know? very cool very cool um boys let's i don't think we talked about our beer last week i think we forgot so let's let's do it this this week right away get it over with we might yeah we might have forgot actually yeah kyle what do you got yeah i saw a white can yep it's uh one of your other half beers that you sent in your care package uh for me uh the solo exhibition very very good. Um, I gave it a four two five, Matt. I saw you gave it a four fifty, but I think you got it like at um, other half, so it was probably a, a little fresher. But um, yeah, very good beer. Very good. Thank you. Ethan, what's dinner? Uh, Indian food. Ooh, well, like mm. like be more specific. butter, uh, butter uh, chicken, curry, no. tikka masala. Come on. Uh, <clears throat> so we got um, lamb. Uh, is it lamb kadai? Um, Kadai okay. is, is, is one of the dishes. It's like kind of a, um, a dark, it's like a brown sauce and there's like peppers and onions and stuff. It's got, you know, a nice, a nice zing to it. Um, and then the other one we got is a uh, chicken, uh, chatinad is the name of this one. Mm. And it's, um, like a very peppery one. It's like, I think it's heavy on the black pepper. It's pretty spicy, but it's really tasty. And then okay. some, gar- some garlic naan, which is just always, always delicious. So yeah, we have this, there's this like, um, no frills kind of counter takeout joint um that's near us that like all three of us love and and we order from this place like almost every week um yeah really nice yeah at 
Indian food, you know, I give it a, a, a C minus on presentation, but an A plus on taste, man. Yeah. Fuck it man. always it always looks questionable, but it's yeah. always freaking delicious. I was saying that as questionable. I... It's like I'm just confused by how it looks. Yeah. Yeah. Like that yeah. I would just yeah. be like, it doesn't look like anything that I'm I'm used to. So it's not even yeah. questionable. I'm just like I'm not familiar with it, you know. Yeah, that, that's a better way to put it, right? Like <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure a hot dog looks like a, like a weird, you know. What are they doing eating that cylinder to anyone who's never eaten one? So uh, that's a good point. Good point. Thank you, Colin. Yeah. Um, but I will say, yeah, I remember it. It took me until, geez, my senior year of college before I tried Indian food, and I was like, oh, oh, I get it now. Holy crap! Yeah. Really? Yeah. Shout out to my friends who took me to Indian Flame on Case Western's campus. Oh, delicious! Delicious. Which was good because you never know when you're going to come and cut across, like you're going to need that, right? So uh, fast forward three years later, I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, um, pretty regularly for work. And the owners of the company that we were working with, that we wanted to build a relationship with, were Indian. Mm -hmm. Um, So they were taking us to the best Indian restaurants in Tulsa, Oklahoma. There's surprisingly a couple good ones out there. Uh, You wouldn't think Tulsa, Oklahoma, Indian food hotspot, but there's a couple good ones. And... uh, I had at least, you know, I w- I'm glad that was not my first time eating Indian food. I knew what I wanted. Um, yeah. Oof. Yeah, now, now I want Indian food. Yeah, it's delicious. <laughs> it's so good. Um, and then my beer is my last of my uh, my current other half um, uh, gift gift pack that Matt had given to me when we saw the Yankees. <clears throat> it is um, Staring into the Shift Pale Ale. So, um Nothing, you know, it's it's actually pretty light as far as other half beers go, right? Just at a pale ale, not not a not some crazy IPA that's eight percent. It's only five point five percent, positively mild by their standards, but still very tasty, right? It's still it doesn't taste like, uh, you know, it's not like it tastes like PBR or something. It still has plenty of flavor, so it's nice. Matt, what do you I, got, Matt? Matt, I just I just realized that this is a triple and it's ten point two percent. Oh yeah. hell yeah! <laughs> Strap in, bud. Daddy <laughs> Collins no having fun tonight. <laughs> so I offered to get Ethan the Munchies pack last week. I didn't end up buying the full four packs of it. We I was at a beer store that had most of the Munchies set in individual cans. So sorry, Ethan. Um, but being last week being 420 and other half liking to make all sorts of dank weed jokes, um, they released their Munchie beers last week. So I have the uh, high density hop charge cheddar special reserve. And it's got a bunch of weird pictures of like angry cheese on there, um, and so it's a double India Pale Ale, but it's got uh, a whole host of hops on there. Not as strong as your beer, Colin, but uh, definitely looking forward to it. So, nice. oh, it's got a very happy, uh, a very happy cheese grater on there. Let's see if we can focus. There we go. So the cheese oh. grater is happy, but the cheese pieces are really upset. Yeah, <laughs> I see what's happening here. Okay. Um, so yeah, this is uh, I've got one more Munchies beer left. I've been trying to save them and, and kind of stretch them out, but um, always happy to to try a new other half beer. So here we go. Yeah. So I was in. Yeah. Um, sorry, go ahead, Kyle. No, nah, you finish if if you're oh, talking about beer still. Yeah, yeah, just a quick beer story. <clears throat> I was in um, Urbana, Illinois, Urbana Champaign, Illinois, last weekend. Um, where the Fuck University the of Illinois, yeah, right. Colin hates them. Where University of Illinois is based, and um, we went to uh, we went to a brewery one night. We wanted to check out one of the local breweries. There are several, and so I Castillo? looked up. What's that? 
Was it Destiel? Not that one. I didn't even see that on the list. Is that an Urbana Maybe Champagne? The pig one? There is Blind Pig. That is there. Um, but I went to the one that had the best overall average on Untapped. Um, it had a 4.02, like average for the brewery, which is anytime a brewery is around four or above, that's real solid. Anyways, Triptych is the name. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, good choice. Yeah. Good, good choice. Pick, okay. I was wondering. I figured you probably had. I think any yeah. good brewery in the Midwest, you've probably had it. It was really good. Yeah. Really solid. So I haven't had many of their beers, but I had a connection in St. Louis who would get, every once in a while get me some of their stuff. So mm-hmm. shout out, Drew. If you're listening, Drew, thank you. I miss you. Mm-hmm. That was really good. And fun names, lots of like um, references to um, Tolkien and various fantasy sci-fi stuff. The one I had that was probably my favorite was um, A Wizard is Never Late. But then there was also like Neo Reloaded, which was good, and a bunch that had names like that. And actually, you know what? I had a uh, a Czech-style dark lager just because I was curious, and that one was really tasty too. They did a good job with that one. So yeah, Triptych in Urbana if, if, uh, if you're ever in Urbana for any reason. Do you eat anything good there? Um, do you know, so we actually were a little bit disappointed. So, um, we had high expectations and, uh, I don't know that any place particularly lived up to it. There's a really, really famous barbecue place out there called Black Dog. Um, and it was good, but it wasn't great. Like I, uh, I haven't had dinosaur in a long time, but, uh, I think of dinosaur being just as good, if not better in my memory, at least, um, so it was good. Don't get me wrong. Right. But but like not amazing. Honestly, probably the thing I liked the best was like we went to this random like kind of upscale bar with like upscale bar food our first night and got like fried um, fried cheese curds, which were really delicious. And um, uh, a really actually they made a, this is going to sound silly, but like a really nice grilled cheese, like with pesto and tomato and like the bread was really and the, the cheese was perfectly gooey. It's really good. Um and then I'm trying to think, was there anything? Yeah, nothing, nothing else was as good as quite as good as we were hoping for um, food wise. But I mean, it was all solid, just just nothing spectacular, I would say. But still a fun town, fun bookstores, fun cafes, lots of character. Um, and it's a much, much better uh, university than Penn State. So um... <laughs> are they still in the Big Ten anymore? Either of them? Both. They both are. They both are. Okay, because I know shit's been changing, right? Yeah, yeah but the Big Ten is one, one of the ones that's gobbling up everyone else. Yeah. Oh, that's what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The I actually LA. had a flash in the pan this year, right? They had a, a former Syracuse quarterback at the helm who actually did fairly well. Yeah. Oh, is that right? They're okay. Brett Bielma is their, their head coach now. He had a lot of success at Wisconsin um, you know, in, in the past, so... They're definitely a little bit better than they were in the past. They're not laughing stock anymore, but hmm. um, yeah. Okay, real quick, college football because I don't think I ever asked Kyle about this. So obviously, I know nothing about college football these days. Colin is like a college football obsessive, and uh, one of the very few things that I can remember in recent years, like paying attention to, when I moved to Nebraska. Um, for those who don't know, I lived in Omaha, Nebraska for six months and, um, in Nebraska, there's not, uh, there's not a whole lot going on. And, uh, so they take their Nebraska football very, very seriously. it's like, it's like the only thing they got out there and they love it. They love it with a fiery passion. Now, when I lived there fall of 2018 into spring of 2019, uh, this is when Scott Frost, 
former player and national champion and and University of Nebraska legend had just become the head coach. And I remember vividly, there was a ton of excitement around town because Nebraska had been mediocre for years and people were so pumped about this legend, Scott Frost, taking the helm. I know that he now is no longer there and that his his tenure was terrible <laughs> um, and that they were really bad. I don't know. Is there like, uh, Kyle, as far as you know, is there... um. Is there a general consensus? Is there sort of a general narrative about this? Was he just, was he a bad recruiter? Was he just overmatched like that? Um, was it Greg Robinson in Syracuse? Was that his name? Whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he wasn't, he wasn't as bad as Greg Robinson. Was. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Robin, yeah. Robinson was truly horrible. I remember. Yeah. And I, and you know, even more of the hype came from the fact that he was at UFC, uh, was it UFC? Uh, USF. USF. Uh, Nade went undefeated um, the the season you know prior to him taking the job with Nebraska, so he was like a hot and up and coming coach as well as you know like you said a a legend at Nebraska. Um, right. You know they're they face a lot of the geographical challenges that you know some of those schools. Um, you know we've talked about that with Syracuse. Right, uh, not not just who the fuck wants to go live in Nebraska for four years? Yeah, when yeah, they could, yeah. When they could go to Miami or you know California. Yeah, so you know, just right off the bat, they they face some of that, and NIL might change that. You know, if they can get somebody who can pour a lot of money and you know get people to buy people, you know, to come to the school uh, and everything. But um, you know, I I don't know. I I I've been thinking about a long for a long time now writing a a feature uh, profile on James Franklin because uh, his tenure at Penn state is unique uh, in the sense that, um, well, first off he came in when they still had sanctions uh, and then, you know, they, they kind of mm-hmm. struggled the, the first couple of years. And then um, 2016, they broke out big 10. They should have went to the playoff. Um, you know, Barkley, all, all these star players, they've gone to the new year's, six bowls, like four out of the last six years, like one of the most prolific periods in Penn state football history. Um, and he's also had, you know, some really down years in between like 2021 was bad. 2020 was bad, uh, and everything. So, um, it's really interesting. It's a really interesting case study of, um, you know, patience, uh, that I don't think often gets extended in college football these days, especially at, you know, blue buds, like, like a Nebraska, uh, who have not been good for largely the the entire century now, <laughs> uh, but are still considered you know blue bloods of the sport. Um, and I don't know if Frost would have ever figured it out. I don't think he was a terrible recruiter. I don't think he was a terrible evaluator. I don't even think he's a terrible coach. Um, you know, the the guy who's replacing him is is a Penn Stater. It's Matt Rule. Uh, you know, who was down here at Charlotte uh, as the Panthers head coach. And, um, you know, that didn't work out. But Rule's got, you know, some pedigree from Baylor. He, you know, helped bring them back after their scandal. Rule had some success at Temple, which is not a traditional, you know, football powerhouse uh, and everything. So I don't know. I don't know what the expectation is in Nebraska, I think is what I'm getting to. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, when, when you haven't been good for so long, like it was, it, that's where like the Penn state story is a little bit different. Like, you know, even though they, they've been better, you know, during the last 10 years under Franklin than they were in the last 10 years under Paterno and even under 
um, Bill O'Brien, uh, you know, there's, I think there's just a difference in, in that patience that I mentioned where it's like, we haven't been good in so long and we know we can be good. And we're just waiting for somebody to like, you know, kind of what Colorado's trying to do. And I actually wanted to talk to you guys about this. So it's funny that mm. Ethan, you brought up, um, college football. Um, you know, Deion Sanders is right. like trying to create a powerhouse at the university of Colorado, which is a, a laughing stock, you know, in terms of college football. Um, we can get to that topic if we have time. Um, what, what I want to talk about there, but yeah, I don't know. It's, um, it's hard. Uh, yeah. you know, all sports, uh, have that pressure. If you're the, the head coach, the manager, whatever it is, like you get, they say you get three years. Sometimes you get a year. <laughs> you know, sometimes you don't even get that. Uh, if it's, if it's going really bad. Um, but yeah, I think the programs where, you know, you saw that with Clemson, you know, that's where I started to think about it. Like Dabo, Dabo wasn't really successful right away at Clemson. And then he turned Clemson into a powerhouse, you know? Um, and and so it's like, it's different than like a, a Nick Saban story where it's like, he had success at LSU. Then he flamed out in the NFL with Miami and then he came back to college and made Alabama into a powerhouse. Like that's different. Like you're, 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 you're expecting good things. But like, if you have a, a Dabo Sweeney, if you have a James Franklin, if you have, you know, someone who hasn't won a national championship yet and Scott Frost never won a national championship. It's like, was that the right time to pull the plug? Like they, they did show a little bit, of improvement you know they they were recruiting a little bit better um you know from from what little i know about yeah. nebraska overall so it's like you give him another you know three or four years you know maybe he he does turn it around but you just don't you, you just don't see that happen in college football um specifically i think there's a little bit more patient maybe in some patience in some other sports but you guys know you've been around long enough like it's you got to win that's that's the name of the yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that just the whole thing, not just at the college level, but the whole there's such a such an interesting sort of mystique to me, a mystery of mm-hmm. of successful of successful coaching. Right. And you met you mentioned like the Saban example and there are other examples. Right. You think of like Urban Meyer, who had yeah. incredible success at the college level, but is now infamous for being like like one of the worst coaches in NFL history and not just that, but like a piece of shit. Like I was reading stories about him and it was like insane. Yeah. And, and Ur- you, Urban won't yeah. get that redemption story like Saban did because Saban's tenure was like arguably even worse with the Dolphins. It was, it was really bad, but people forget about that because a, it's been so long and B he's won like five national championships. With yeah. But that's, Saban didn't kick any of his players or yeah. My, really you, you know, yeah. that's true. That's now, now I will say people forget that Saban like quit on his team midseason, which is I think yes, right exactly pretty pretty piss poor. Like yeah. yeah, but yeah, you're right. I mean, Ethan Urban was Urban was bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you think of like Joe Torre, who who was you know nothing but mediocre until he went to the Yankees, right? Um, there, I feel like there are just so many of these examples, and and. Uh, it's so interesting to me that I don't know that there's a particular rhyme or reason. It seems like there's just this like sort of uh, ineffable quality of, of right place, right time, lightning in a bottle. The personalities in the room at that given moment just happen to match up in the right way. I don't know, but it, it's, 
it's very interesting to me how, how you, some of that you can stuff say goes. that about leadership positions in general. I think I remember having a political science class where we debated like presidents, you know, U.S. presidents, and we're like, is their success because of what they did, or is it just because of the time that they were, mm-hmm. you know, president and in right. the circumstances? And like, obviously, there's I think both, <laughs> right? Like you, you have to have the opportunity to save the union to be considered. Abraham Lincoln, as he's known today, right? Right, Um, right. You know, if that that civil war wasn't happening, we don't think of Abraham Lincoln in the same way. Or if he fumbles it, you know, versus what he ended up doing, we think of him differently. Yeah, right. So, um, for sure. Yeah. 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 Cool. All right, sweet. What else we got? Well, you guys want to stick with college football to, I just, I, I wanted to do, like last week, I thought we had a really thought provoking conversation about relegation about tanking and everything and uh so i mentioned Deion sanders took over at colorado and previous to that he was the head coach at jackson state and hbcu and they had pretty good success um documentary on uh, amazon prime i mean he is he is prime time right like right, yeah, all yeah. famer you know multi-sport athlete um yeah. you know very very big personality uh, also seems to be a pretty decent coach, uh, at, at least you know to this point. What I'm really interested, though, to hear from you guys, um, especially not having maybe all of the context that I do. Uh, so I wrote in my book, you know, how G- um, Gene Michael basically like stripped down the organization when Steinbrenner got suspended that second time, you know, that that supposed lifetime suspension. Um, so we're talking Gene Michael, former GM of of the Yankees. And, um, you know, I talk to people all the time and I'm like, I know it's easier said than done to say, like, let's start over. But I look at that Yankee example all the time as like a really solid, it's really solid evidence to say, like, if you start over and if you get the right people, you can change the culture, you can change the organization much faster than if you let the bandaid, like, just kind of stay there and you have a slow bleed and, and yeah, maybe you can get, you know, you, you, you have to do essentially what the Astros did. You have to tank and then, you know, flip it around. Um, that's, that's <clears> the formula. So Dion gets to Colorado and he basically says to everybody, like, not, not like the whole, you know, everyone's every, every coach is like, if you don't want to be here, then leave. Dion was like, no, get the fuck out of here <laughs> type thing. And, um, They've had it's it's like a ridiculous number. It's like sixty something out of the eighty four scholarship players or whatever have hit the transfer portal since Dion got the job uh, late last year, like in in December or whenever he got the job. Wow. Um, and more people have trickled out since since the spring game that they just had last week, which was on national television, a really big deal, including a really like a wide receiver who was really, really good, had a really great spring game and everything had a great season last year and everything. So we're talking like, you know, some really great talent. And I'm just curious, like, you know, we talked, we've, we've kind of talked about the portal and like giving student athletes the option to go where they they feel wanted, they feel valued, they feel like they can have playing time, they feel like they can get to the next step in the NFL. But I don't think we've ever seen anything like this where it's like a mass exit, but it's been it's really been pushed by the coaching staff to say, like, get the fuck out of here. I want my people. And- okay. Oh, 
I, I, I'm pretty sure he said, like, don't count on your spot next year. I don't think he said leave. The, he just the said people, no one's spot is safe. The the people, sp- specifically the, the most recent people who have left, have given reports that said coaches told them that they they need to leave. Like, they need to get out. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. So, I, and it, it, it may not be as harsh as that like sounds <laughs> um or as it was quoted but it's just it's just interesting like i don't i don't know what you guys think of this whole situation like to have such a uh 80 you know roster turnover like what what do we expect this to turn out to be like is it well is it- well f- five years ago this wouldn't have happened right it, it's, this is only enabled by the ncaa's transfer uh, portal changes portal. yeah and so, I mean, I think that allows a personality like Dion to come in and do this. Now, um, so I, I think there's a good chance he's successful. I mean, you've seen a lot of coaches change their recruiting style. And just in, instead of building a team, you know, there, there's, there is still a focus on finding the best prospects, right? You're, you know, everyone wants Arch Manning, right? You, you know, you're not, you don't want to let him slip through. But... There's also now, now the mentality is just reload, right? We're just going to go find the people we want, um, and you know, to a, to a mediocre team on, on the basketball level, not the football level. You're seeing Syracuse do that, but you're also seeing Syracuse do that on the football side. Going, I mean, they're losing anyone who's got a kind of a good has a good season. They're transferring someplace else, and then then you see Syracuse go after like JUCO transfers who may not have. Had you know had their first pass shot in the in the NCAA you know Division One arena, but performed well and are under the under the radar guys that they're going out and, and plucking from teams. So yeah. I don't know. I think this is this. I don't want this to be the model, but I think it could become the model. And I think other teams are doing it to a lesser extent. Um, where I really, what the, I guess the biggest thing I don't like are the the players who worked hard to secure that division one scholarship. And if, if I guess I'd be curious to know if Dion and the staff are saying you probably should leave is if any of them are there specifically for their education, what is the repercussion for their scholarship, right? Mm-hmm. Could they stay on their scholarship and finish and say, screw you. I'm staying and finishing my degree. If you're going to be like this, like yeah. uh, is, is Dion doing this to try and free up scholarship spots? Is he doing it to try and free up roster spots or transfers? What's going on there? Right. Because plenty of them now, <laughs> you know, I, what I want to know is how does it affect? And again, we can have a whole nother conversation about how many of those, what percentage of those kids are there for f- school versus football, but right. for the ones who are there to try and get their degree, you know, for that, for the, the middling kicker who's an engineering major or something, you know, um, who may be totally like, does, does that change his, his academic career path? And, you know, does he keep his scholarship? Yeah. Right. I'd hate to have to transfer and then, you know, be essentially forced to find someplace else that, that wants me in order to continue my education. If, if that's the reason you're there and you have no other means to do so. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the best point point. I think I've heard about any of this is like again because colorado is not known as a football powerhouse it's like 
the, you would have to think the majority of those kids are there, yes, to play competitive Division One college football, but more so for the academic feature. And so it's like – And to hang out in you, Boulder, Colorado for four years. like Yeah, yeah. And, and so it's like are you forcing these people to leave the academic institution because you want to build – you basically want free agency in well, college football? Well, right. Like, like I mean, I wonder – and Colin, you, again, you're much more in tune with college football – so I'm wondering if you're hearing a change in rhetoric from coaches now, right? Like you used to hear the boilerplate, we're here to build men and we're going to teach them life skills. Like, no, Dion's not there for that. <laughs> Dion's there to win yeah. because he's there to win. If he wins there, he elevates his profile and gets a higher profile job. Mm-hmm. That That's that's not nothing wrong with that, right? Like he was not hired to increase their graduation rate. He was not hired to, you know, build a good team of men. No, he was hired to get them to a bowl and, you know, get them national attention, get the donors excited and get them out of the basement of the big 12 or whatever. They're, are they in the mountain West, or the big 12? I can't remember. I think big 12, big 12. So get them out of the basement and at least get them not a laughing stock anymore. So, yeah. Uh, you know, again, that I'm not, I'm not criticizing him. He's doing what he's there to do. Um, I just worry in the aftermath of his, strategy here what's the collateral damage yeah so ethan you 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 look pensive what do you got Uh, i mean i don't know nearly as much about all this stuff as you guys so i don't really have anything good to add um i mean all i all i knew was that like he was there now and i people were talking about him and i just realized that he was a much better athlete than i had remembered um like a football hall of famer and if i'm remembering correctly he was actually pretty he wasn't that bad in baseball either yeah, he wasn't. Played for the Yankees, right? Yeah. Yankees, and I think he was Reds, actually like Braves. pretty decent, um, right. which is just unreal when somebody is that good of an athlete. Yeah. Um, but then I was, you know, my so my thought was, holy shit, you got this guy who's who's this legend who is so, so, so good. And he's in, you know, the aforementioned Boulder, Colorado now. Like, who could compete with that? Like, like what top recruit would not want to go fucking play at Colorado for Deion Sanders? But um, I guess, I guess there are other, you know, other considerations still or whatever, but it, 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 it seemed to me that that would just be such a difficult, uh, situation to say no to, but, um, but Matt, no, that's a great point about, about all of that. I mean, cause a lot of your, I think you're right. A lot of those people are banking on that scholarship to get their degree. I had, um, hopefully, hopefully Dion can not just unilaterally kick them out. Um, and I, I it, it's hard for me to imagine that even if he gets the recruits he wants to get a lot of these people who he wants out, if they show up at tryouts, like it's no guarantee that they would not get their roster spot. Right. Like, I mean, they can, they can still, right, yeah, we're, like, yeah. we're not, we're not, I'm not, I'm not kidding myself. I know college football is still a business, but I am, you know, I guess I'm, what I'm, I'm thinking is there is some portion of that roster that may be told to leave that is there for their education. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. who I, who I feel for. And who and was yeah. the other? Do they have to do they have to go to a tryout to try and get a scholarship somewhere to, to just finish their degree now? Like or does right. the does the university say, hey, we're gonna honor this commitment and keep you here? Right. That's a good question. And then my question is, um, my other question. I think he was an Ohio State quarterback. Who who was the guy who famously talked about how he, he Cardell Jones? Cardell Jones, is that who it is? Yeah. I'm not say? here. To, I'm not here for school or whatever. We like, here, we ain't here to go to school. We came here to play football. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, it was uh, so good. And yeah. Cleveland, Cleveland 
dodged a bullet there. I remember like three season, three games into that season before he went pro, there was already the fail for Cardale slogan going, going oh, around. Yeah, I, I was one of the ones to, to pass that meme around. So I'm oh, not, I'm not, uh, but I'm Cardell not and Urban won a national championship together at Ohio State. There you go. Yep. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right, Matt. Like, uh, the last thing I'll say about this is the rhetoric has changed. Um, you know, just not to make this about Penn State, but this is where I have the uh, the information to go off of. The way that Franklin and his staff recruit now, you know, versus the way they did when he first came to the university is very different. Um, you know, they're, they definitely still push that, like, family atmosphere because I think there is something about that sustainability where, um, you know, if you can – get people to, to be there for, for four years or five years, that, that really helps. But Franklin obviously realizes that, you know, th- things have changed. I mean, they had, his name was Storm Duck. He's a cornerback. He transferred from UNC down here uh, in, in December or whatever to the Nittany Lions. He just re-entered the portal last week and he just committed today to Louisville. So he was there for like four months, you know, with, with the team and everything. Oof. Um, and you know who who knows what happened, right? But again, I'm I'm all for giving student athletes the freedom to to do whatever they want. So I'm not bashing that, but I'm just saying that's that's the reality, you know, of what coaches face these days is the same reality that student athletes had to face for the first you know 150 years of college football's existence. Is like I came to school to play for Coach X, but he can leave at any point, and I'm stuck here. Whereas like now, student athletes are like. I can also just leave whenever I want to. Yeah, well, not whenever, but whenever those windows are open for the the transfer portal. So it's definitely a, a different dynamic. Just that alone um, that creates probably a lot of headaches for for head coaches that they didn't have in the past, and it creates like a uh, an issue, a, a, a true issue that I that always existed. To your point, Matt, but is really rearing its head now in the sense that like are they here to play football or are they here to get a degree? Mm-hmm. What's, what's the, what is it? You know? And, and right. I, I, I don't fault either path. Right. You know, I, mm-hmm. um, you know, you hope the guys that are there to play football re- at some point realize the value of the degree. Um, but I also understand that a lot of them see that just as their way out and that's their shot. And that's what they work for. So, um, not not criticizing that, but it's just interesting to see what what's going to happen in the next five years, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It will be interesting to see if this is the model for success or if this is the model for failure of, yeah. of what Dion's doing. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, you guys want to stick with football, uh, Matt? Do you want your you want oh. your time in the sun? I wanted to hear this. <laughs> Let me do that more audibly. <laughs> yes. Um, Matt, how mad does it make you that Aaron Rodgers had to take the Peyton Manning path to say if he's going to win a second Super Bowl, it's going to be with a different team? But he's not. It's the Jets. <laughs> uh, I mean, they haven't been to the playoffs since, what, 2010? 12 years, I think. Yeah, so I hope he does well, right? I, I hope he proves us wrong. Um, 
His his biggest fuel seems to be a chip on his shoulder. Mister sat in the green room until he was drafted at the end of the first round. Like that's what drives him. Um, you know, it just it's eerie how this is so much like like the Favre situation, right? Um, except you know, Favre wanted to come back, and Pat the Packer said no. Didn't sound like Aaron wanted to come back, and it's also right. You know, I put up and defended his. Um, you know, I don't know, mixed messaging, ex- eccentricities. I'm going to be, I think I'm smarter than you, right? Uh, shout out to my friend, Matt Seymour, who always called me out on that, right? But he just, I mean, he was he, he was an asshole. And I just was like, oh, he's quirky. Um, And he, you know, he played great football for us. His his, his career record was uh, 174 and 75 in Green Bay, right? Like, or 147 and 75, excuse me, in Green Bay, right? Um, four MVPs, right? I, I can't complain about that. Um, but you know, I, I mean, I would, I would love for the the Rogers to love transition to be like the Favre to to Rogers transition, right? Uh, I, I think that's asking for way too much. Um, you can only catch lightning in a bottle once or twice. Um, but I, I don't know. Like the more that I've heard, right? You know, hearing Brian, I don't know how to say his last name, so I'm just gonna butcher it for all you guys Goonkoost or whatever his name is the GM of the Packers to come out and say um he says we didn't talk to him but I tried calling him I tried what, like like we we tried all sorts of different thing, ways to get get a hold of him and he never picked up so um you know he can do his his darkest retreats and his ayahuasca and his you know, Shailene dating and his always weird stuff, I, you know, whatever. Uh, good for you, Aaron. Um, I appreciate all your time in, in Green Bay. We will put your name in the ring of honor at some point. Um, but man, I really hope this serves as a kind of a, a lifted weight off of everyone in the, in the, um, the locker room there. Right. Like, you know, I always used to defend him and talk about, Oh, well, you know, he's quirky. He'd like to just, uh, quote princess the princess bride to his teammates and then walk away and like just i don't know he just sounds like uh i'll say uh, for you, Matt. he's an asshole yeah an asshole and i mean princess bride and, is um, amazing what i mean princess bride is amazing that oh, makes yeah. me like him if he just walks around quoting princess bride yeah he'd, he'd walk up to you quote it and then walk away like just weird shit um you, know, you never saw him as the leader that other quarterbacks were, unfortunately, and that's the probably the biggest thing I docked my. I, I would my argument, my favorite argument was he was the best statistical or the best physically talented or you know talented quarterback in the league for a long time. Um, the throws he could make, the things he could do, the arm he had, the hail marys, the the pinpoint accuracy. I mean, I don't think anyone could match him. Um, but he's not the goat. He didn't win. Um, you know, he was not the leader. When did you see him get in people's faces and try and motivate his team like a, a Tom Brady would? When did you see him, you know, do a Peyton Manning and try and, and get with his teammates and talk? No, he would he would pout. He would scream. He would throw temper tantrums. He would throw his teammates under the bus. Um, so, I, you know, again, we put up with it because we loved him and he was good and he always gave us a shot every year. Um, but it's just going to be frustrating. And and so I've, I've heard some things, right? Like uh, just some of the reaction articles I've been reading talk about like the New York media is not going to put up with that. The first time you 
you know, you have a bad game and throw three picks and blame it on, you know, your shaman not giving you the right dosage of your, you know, Eastern Himalayan uh, mushroom wart, then, you know, they're going to be like, fuck you. Like, no, we can't, you know, you got to come here and win. Um, so, you know, I don't think he, he realized how good he had it in Green Bay. Not that Green Bay is the greatest place to play, right? Like, it's bumpkin town, Midwest, USA. Um, but I love Green Bay. Great town. I love bumpkin town. Don't get me wrong. It's just, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, um, I, I hope he does well. I, I really hope he doesn't win a Super Bowl because that would just feel terrible, right? Um, I'm looking forward to to not losing every damn NFC Championship game I get into with my, t- you know, like between between either, you know, you had two two requirements. Either if you were playing San Francisco or if it was the NFC Championship game, you were going to lose, like. I mean, he was one in four in NFC Championship games and lost four straight, right? Like, um, you know, we had stellar teams. We had, you know, in 2011, we had a one-loss team. From 2019, 2020, and 2021, we had three straight three-loss teams, right? Like, we had the talent there. Um, It's just, you know, now, in his defense – I can't put all those on his shoulders, right? I can't hang all those losses on his shoulders. There's a number of times where either he didn't get the ball or I still point to the the freaking Seattle onsides kick Richard Rodgers touching the ball when he shouldn't have. Like, there were things that I think happened to him that um, shouldn't have, right? Like, you know, I, I don't know, like um, – there were things that he he was victim to, I guess, that he had no control over. But um, name any of his contemporary quarterbacks. I'm going to look up a stat right now. Name any of his contemporary quarterbacks? Yeah. Tom Brady? Tom Brady. Okay, we'll do that. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. So, so pro football reference is, is you know, you're, you're – you're, Nerdy answer to baseball reference. Mm-hmm. Um, in a roughly same similar number of years, right? Brady's been playing since 2000. Rodgers has been playing regularly since 2005 or 2008. So roughly similar, but not quite. Um, Aaron Rodgers, fourth quarter comebacks, 21. Game-winning drives, 31. Tom Brady, fourth quarter comebacks, 46. <laughs> Game-winning drives, 58. Now, are you guys prepared for me to do something I never, ever, ever want to do? No. Look at Eli Manning. There you go, Colin, Uh, right? Okay. Eli Manning, fourth quarter comebacks, 27. Game-winning drives, 37. Holy (laughs) shit. Versus 21 and 31. Amazing. So, now, uh, granted, Eli... Most all of those happened in 2011, right? Five and six in 2011. Like he got he got a bunch of those in 2011. But yeah, he was he, um, he single handedly carried the Giants. I've said that to you that year, that year. And I know you but, know, right. Like, like so that that's the stat that I've kept in my back pocket because I knew it was a, a very damning one for Rogers, right? <laughs> but um, but doesn't that also? Couldn't you just say that that means that? Well, in the Brady case, it's more difficult. But he had so so Rodgers had fewer fourth quarter comebacks or whatever. Doesn't that just mean maybe that his team was just leading in the fourth quarter more often? He was just on really good teams. This is yes. one of those stats that you have to take with it. It's very contextual. 
If you look at his overall record, yes. He has so many more wins than like an Eli. That that tells you, right? Like Eli was one seventeen and one seventeen. Yeah. Right. But that's versus Rodgers was quarterback wins are as dumb as pitcher wins. Yeah, but but Rodgers was one forty seven seventy five. So so the team with 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 fewer comebacks, he had more wins. Like with the team was leading more often. Yeah. So yeah, that you're right. That there's context context there. Um but yeah, and again, in his defense, right, there's some other stuff that I just the, the my favorite stat. Um right, Rogers has how many how many touchdown passes in his career? Uh four hundred and seventy five. What was it like less than five were caught by a first rounder? Oh, that is pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah. And, and and that first rounder was Mercedes Lewis, like a guy that we got off the scrap heap when he was thirty five. Wow. So, you know, you, you look at that and go, actually, to me, actually, my, my ultimate revenge would be the, if the Packers drafted a first-rounder uh, wide receiver. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, <yeah>. um, <laughs> And there's actually talk that that's why they traded up with the Jets, because they want to get that um, that guy out of Ohio State. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know how to say his last name. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't either. He's so good, though. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that would be kind of poetic in my in my book. Um so I I don't know that's where I'm at right now. Um, so I have one further one one last question though, Matt is uh, how does it feel to know that the Aaron Rodgers Packers tenure resulted in fewer Super Bowl titles than Eli Manning? Whoa, whoa, wait, wait, Matt! Before you answer that, I want to piggyback on that. How does it feel? Like, how do you feel with Pat with with uh, Favre and Rodgers combined? Because like you. I mean, they, we were old enough to appreciate the far of years and like watch football and everything. Like, obviously we were more invested during the uh, Rogers years, but like you've, you've had a, as you mentioned, a long tenure of really great quarterback play. Two legends. Yeah. And only, only two Super Bowls. <laughs> I've been, uh, I've been awesome. lucky to, to watch, yeah, to have, to watch a lot of really good football. Um, now at least at least Favre got the got the two Super Bowls. That's uh, true, back to back, right? Back to back, they lost to Elway and the Broncos after they beat the Patriots. Um, oh right, yeah, okay, they beat the Patriots first one, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, you know, bring on Jordan Love. <laughs> bring on Jordan Love. Is it, it? It sounds like it's bittersweet. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the way Aaron went about this is definitely disappointing. Yeah. Right. Um, it sounds, you know, I, I, my opinion as a team bent over backward the last three years to do whatever he wanted, and uh, he he treated them pretty poorly. Yeah. Right. Um, why? What team in the right mind would really sign Randall Cobb? <laughs> right. Um, you know, the the Jets are already already going to taste that, right? They they went out and they overpaid for Alan Lazard. I'm got I'm glad Alan Lazard got paid, but man, they had a couple of decent wide receivers already on the, on the roster. They went over and out and overpaid. Isn't isn't Nathaniel Hackett back with the Jets too? Yeah. So like they they're already doing this. They're already selling their soul. Um, yeah. You know, good good luck, Aaron. Play 65 percent of the snaps so we get another draft pick. Like go go go, man. <laughs> Like, uh, and I'm glad to see most every outlet said that the Packers really fleeced the, the Jets on this. So, uh, when I first saw it, I wasn't too impressed, but, um, I guess there is quite a bit of value in trading up those two spots. 
Um, and then the conditional pick would be great. So I'll take it. Yeah. Well, especially when you consider the fact that it seemed like that, that was the inevitable outcome. So it's like, what kind of leverage, you know, did the, the Packers really have and to get what they got, you know, that's, that's pretty remarkable, you know, at the end of the day. We may be judging this too soon. Like, Maybe he'll show his penis to a sideline reporter. Um, You know, maybe he will commit welfare fraud in Mississippi. You never know, right? Like, you never know. You guys know this. Like, in sports, it's really hard to judge trades immediately. It's hard even to judge trades, like, five years down the road. Uh, Joe Paz just – I don't know if you read this today, Ethan. Yeah, um, the Jared Kelnick one. Yeah, the Kelnick one. Robinson Cano, Edwin Diaz – um, you know, and, and then 20 on the million. flip side, uh, you know, I think uh, Jay Bruce was the, the only yeah. headliner um, that got, you know, sent to the Mariners and, and they've been waiting for, um, you know, this guy to break out and he's finally doing it. And, and Joe was like, well, okay, maybe the Mariners did win that trade you know, <laughs> yeah. after all. <laughs> but it's like, right. you know, Diaz could still come back and, you know, be a really great closer and, uh, and you know, do whatever if he comes back from that injury. but. Um, yeah, how about a uh, fucking Robbie Ray's out for the year too? I just saw that. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, he didn't. Didn't he win the Cy Young a couple years ago? Yeah, with the with the Blue Jays. Yeah, yep. yeah, crazy. And uh, signed that big deal, and and God, how often do we see that? Not yep. not Cy Young specifically, but you know, somebody has a monster year in their contract year, and, yep. <laughs> and then they they go to their team and they underperform, they get hurt, they you know, whatever it is, like, and I mean, and these are professional athletes. It's not like they're not trying. It's just what, what is that juju that like makes yeah. them perform so badly or get hurt, you know, in a way that they had never gotten hurt or uh, maybe they, maybe they did have injuries, but they weren't that good until their breakout year. And then they get the boatload of money and everyone is uh, excited. But um, the Yankees yeah. have an exciting series. This weekend with Texas, Degrom's pitching Friday, I think. Cole's pitching tomorrow uh, on okay. Thursday. Okay. Uh, fucking Brito and Schmidt have starts, so we'll probably lose at least two games. Yeah, man, uh, our depth uh, is. I was going to text you guys earlier. Our depth just across the board, not just pitching, like no depth at all. It's like one person goes down, and all of a sudden, it's, well, uh, I I don't know about that. Uh, it's pretty they, bad. They, the they have a today, lot of injuries right now. Ugh. It's it's like every year I feel like. It's impossible. You you are like the, the NJ.com <laughs> That's a terrible insult. <laughs> like I saw it. I had to unfollow it today. Um some something from WFAN uh on Twitter and one of the one of the uh studio guys was like it's time for Cashman to move into a different position. It's the same thing year after year, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, first off, this time last year, the Yankees were on a fucking tear. Yeah. And they were on that tear for like three and a half months to start the season. So don't tell me every year is the same thing. And second off, like Brian Cashman is easily, easily one of the better GMs. In baseball, one of the top five GMs. Yeah. Maybe he's not the best, but he's he's. Oh, I think he's, he's right there. I one, think he's one right the there at the top. Five. I think if he if he decided to leave the Yankees or if the Yankees chose to get rid of him or whatever, I think 
I think he would have many bidders and he would he would be getting himself one of the bigger contracts that's ever been given out to a GM. I think I think people would be all over him. Yeah. yeah. But, but it's just like I, I don't buy with with the Yankees, I, I don't buy the depth thing. I, I just think they've been the outfield today was by... Willie Calhoun, Isaiah Kiner Falefa, yeah, they and have a lot of they have Bader on a rehab assignment. They have Donaldson, who was on a rehab, and they got re-injured. They have uh, Stanton on the IL. They have, you know, Hicks, I mean, Hicks who might as well uh, retire. Uh, man. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, I, Hicks is not very much hitting into the stick. Especially since uh, IKF can now play center, like yeah. Hicks is uh, Hicks has probably got like about three weeks left. Well, uh, what I'm wondering before. is what did he? Because I, when I had the game on and I saw that outfield, Matt, I don't know if you heard, but the outfield today I was just talking was was yep. really Cal, yeah Calhoun, IKF, and Cabrera, and and Hicks after all of his bitching and moaning, I was just wondering like what he must have been thinking when he saw that lineup and been like really like those three guys are starting in the outfield ahead of me. Well, he it's uh let's see, hold on. He has thirty one at bats this year and on baseball reference he's already been negative point four war. <laughs> he's just atrocious now. I don't know what happened, you know. But I mean, uh, I, unfortunately I think it it was to a certain extent it's the Joey Gallo thing. It's like he obviously performed like he that what was it, twenty eighteen? He was really good. Tw- 2018 um, that, that was the year. one that was the one yeah the one year i mean 2016 yeah, he had been like somewhat he was not serviceable good. yeah you know and uh, yeah, but i think years. i think it was we were too 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 quick to get in the contracts we did yeah literally well, i'm looking at i'm you, looking at his so. you both are the ones who are like oh the braves are so smart and giving out all the i mean aaron hicks was a young guy coming up that the yankees tried to lock oh, up early. He was that that we got from the twins that we that we offloaded yeah. jr murphy for no yeah, he, he was not yeah, that he young. was a bust he was already in his late 20s when we signed him the braves are signing all those guys in their early 20s yeah yeah hick hicks look look i'm looking right now what about sevy well sevy's really bad luck i think but hicks hold on a second Hicks came up in, at, at age 23. Okay, he's been up. He's been playing in the big since 2013. Is he only been with the Twins? Outside yep, the Yanks. Outside oh. the Yanks. He has only played in more than 100 games three times. Once, <laughs> once with us in 2016, he played 123 games. Not a full season, so either he was hurt or he was just being platooned. And by the way, his OPS plus that year was 65. So he was <laughs> fucking horrible, at least as a hitter. Maybe he was good at D that year because he was still young. Yeah, 2018 he, he was really good defensively. Yeah. 2018, yeah. the aforementioned year, 137 games. That's his career high, 137. And he was very good that year. I think that's the year that basically got him his contract. And then last year, he played 130 games, and he was an 86 OPS plus, and again was you know was uh, not very good. His, his D wow. was okay. He, he was one point six more higher higher OPS uh, plus last year than 2016. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yep. But he, I'm looking, I mean, I'm looking, I'm looking at his career. I'm looking at his numbers. He, he has been, he had, for some reason, 2018, all of a sudden he like figured something out. He was really good that year. He was good in 2017 too, although he only played 88 games. I can't remember if he was hurt or not. But other than that, he has been at best mediocre and at worst like bad. And I don't under, I don't know. I mean, seven years, 70 million by, that was the contract, right? By, yeah. by current, by 2023 standards, that's like a budget, you know, that's like a budget deal right there, right? That's like nothing. 
So it seems like, you know, if they were basing it on 2018, he was 28 years old. That's maybe not the worst contract. It's it's a pretty it's a pretty small contract. You give it out, you hope you hope for best case scenario, right? Um unfortunately, it's kind of been worst case scenario. I mean, he's just he has barely played and when he has played, he's been bad. Um but I think yeah, I don't know. I think you might be right about the Gallo thing. I think maybe there has just been so much hate and vitriol at this point coming from Yankee fans that he's just uh he's he's done. He's well, just, well, really quick. Back. What what year season is usually your best? Your age. What age is your best season normally? It's twenty seven to twenty nine. I can't remember. Twenty eight. Yeah. Twenty eight. Right. Yeah. And that how was, old was Aaron Hicks in twenty eighteen? Yeah. Exactly. Twenty eight. So. Yeah. <laughs> when did mm-hmm. they give him the contract? After twenty eighteen or before? After twenty eighteen. After I see after um twenty nineteen, his salary went up to ten million a year in twenty twenty. So, um, unless they gave him a unless they gave him a depending on the structuring, he got 6 million in 2019. So yeah, so um, I believe he signed it after 2018 because it was seven years, 70 million plus the buyout plus okay. the team option. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That sounds familiar. So anyways, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's hard. It's hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine him at this point, 33 years old, looking at his career. Uh, it's hard to imagine him having any sort of meaningful bounce back at this point. Probably best to cut him loose, in my opinion. But yeah, I've been a defender of Hicks just for the the depth piece, right? Uh, that's for a true. long time. But now that IKF has uh, shown himself to be at least a serviceable outfielder, and he and Hicks bunted with like, like I mentioned to you guys, I, I I wish I had more details, but what I can remember, he bunted with two outs in like the third inning and nobody on the other day, and like I was I saw some comment sections because I saw it online and somebody commented. That's because when he bunts it, <clears throat> he hits it harder than when he actually swings at it. <laughs> and <laughs> and I was like, okay, yeah. I mean, I that's funny, and uh, and that's that's probably <laughs> that's probably part of the Gallo effect. Is Hicks is maybe yep. seeing some of those comments or hearing it? You know, well, and, and IKF is only negative point one WAR. So there you go. At about the same number of bats. So. Yeah, yeah. The Hicks thing is so bad that. Cousin Greg texted me when when did the Yankees play the Phillies? Like the second series of this the season. And yeah. Hicks had an 0 for 3 or something in the and it was in the Bronx and the fans were already just like pouring it on, just <laughs> crushing them. And he was like, How much longer does he have? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and everything. So I was like, when when someone who's not even a Yankee fan is like, this is bad. It's, it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. And I feel bad so because bad. like, he's our age, he's literally 33. And, and so I'm imagining I'm like, well, you're 34. So I'm imagining like as a 33 year old, you know, gosh, what would that feel like? Just, you know, he is a human being after all. But then I think about the fact that he's making $10 million a year and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's no. what I was going to say. Yeah. He's made $55 million. Yeah. So, so don't no, feel bad. I, yeah. So I don't feel bad. Nope. Nope. He's, he's, I mean, he's still closer to us than he is to Bezos, but come on. Yeah, yeah hardly, hardly for all for all intents and purposes. Yeah, he, yeah. he's like, and, he's and like from everything out. we know, he's he is a good guy. Like he's him and C are are really close. Like right, you know, it's uh, um, yeah, it's just unfortunate. That's just it how, is unfortunate. how things yeah. go. Yeah, yep. yeah, and even if the Yankees cut him and nothing else happens, like what if I told you, Ethan, you done yet? You're fired. You're gonna get twenty million dollars over the next two years. Like, yeah, like, yeah, right, okay. Yeah, 
Hit the golf course, baby. Yeah, right. And plus, somebody like the fucking Royals or whatever will sign him, and he'll have a he'll have a a, a, a renaissance. Not the Royal, but that's where Chapman is. That's why I thought of them. Yeah, some, one of these small teams will will get him, and he'll have some fucking renaissance or whatever. And you know, it's fine. Uh, good stuff well i know we didn't talk a lot a lot of baseball but um i thought we had some interesting topics for other things but you know just looking at scores really quick today i mean the padres and the the cubs are playing a 4-3 game padres are up in the bottom of the seventh like the cubs have been surprisingly pretty good this season um the dodgers lost again today to the pirates who uh as of uh, earlier in the week had the best record in the national league which is hilarious <laughs> yeah yeah pretty pretty funny for the end of april here uh i've seen some huge disgust uh from former white Sox players about uh you know the the state of the hangover i guess effect of tony larusa they are seven and 18 after an eight to nothing loss Ooh. to the blue jays today uh they deserve it <laughs> Yep, yep, they deserve it. For... Well, Reinsdorf, Reinsdorf deserves it. Not the yep. players, but Reinsdorf yep. deserves it. Yep, uh, Baltimore, 16-18, and 18, you know, quietly uh, still doing pretty well uh, early in the season here. Um, you know, there's, I, th- I think there's definitely, you know, those April surprises that, that you would expect. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, I think McCutcheon has like five homers already. Um, will he have five homers the rest of the year? remains to be seen yeah right Pirates, exactly <laughs> you know stay uh stay relevant uh through may uh how about the uh the, seen. the diamondbacks are in first in the nl west at 14 and 12 how about that yep yep diamondbacks in first place obviously That's we hilarious. we have uh i guess alluded to the fact that the rays have the best record in baseball yeah because um, they've played a bunch of fucking nobodies that ain't gonna last <laughs> yeah uh you know i'm they're they're a good team but i still fucking hate them and, and everything that they stand for about baseball oh yeah. you know one thing that we, you know, what was really interesting it must have broke and we need to talk about this next time it must have broke when we were recording because we were talking about oakland in the bullshit you know s- stuff that was happening and that night was the it was the same night that the news leaked that they had signed a lease in Las Vegas mm. to buy all that land to, to move to Vegas. And, um, yeah, you know, just, uh, sad, really sad, sad part of the saga that has been the athletics. And, um, I mean, it gives me hope that Charlotte could, you know, that, that takes Vegas off the table as an expansion city. Maybe Charlotte can get, an expansion team yeah, that'd be uh, great. here here in the future. But um, man, that's that got to beat out Nashville, Portland and uh, Montreal though. So Mexico city even I've heard is it's the destination. But, I mean, people I've heard people say that we can't support a city, uh, a major league team here. And I'm like, we have an NBA team and an NFL team here. Like, yeah, really? Yeah. It's it, it, that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, if Cincinnati can support a NFL team, right, and and a and an MLB team, you're fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, interesting first month of the season. You know, first yeah. almost month of the the season here, and um, I don't know. You guys feeling confident about anything baseball wise? Any 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 hot takes that you're like, this is going to be the way it is at the end of the year. I think it's too early. Sample sizes are too small. Uh, nothing? 
nothing. Sample size I just like looking small. at the standings and looking at the AL East versus the rest of the AL. <laughs> um, where you've got well, let me let me let me update this right now. But where you've got the Boston Red Sox would be in second place in the Central Division and third place in the West, and yet they're in the basement in the East. Mm, funny. Um, right. Yeah, every every team is five hundred or better 13, in the 13. East. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, just that, that was my chuckle the other day. Like, wow. Like, man, does it suck to be in the AL East? <laughs> yeah, and I wonder how the the balanced schedule. I mean, that you still play what like twelve games against your division rivals, I think, versus the eighteen or nineteen or whatever it was. Um, prior to the balance schedule, but I wonder how much that'll play in. But I feel pretty confident in saying that the Astros will probably end up with the best record in the American League, even though the Rays got off to this super hot start. Um, I also feel pretty confident that the Braves are going to be really good, even though they got swept by the Astros uh, this past weekend. Um, I'm I'm kind of teetering. I, I know I had a hot take about San Diego uh, the other day, Tatis is back. I, I still think they're going to be really good. I, I think they'll figure it out. I'm not sure about the Dodgers. They they might have a lot of injuries. Um, I think the Yanks have to just weather, you know, the the injury bug right now, and you know, just stay five to ten games above 500, and then hope to get hot when everyone comes back and is healthy. Um, the Central in the AL sucks as it has for seemingly forever. Yeah, really. Uh, <laughs> and uh I don't I I don't know. I don't buy like I don't know I don't know that the Cubs are going to be in contention. I don't know that the Pirates are going to be in contention. I don't know that the Orioles maybe maybe they're the best one uh suited to be in contention. Uh you know, later on you know the the Diamondbacks, I don't I don't see them staying in first place and everything, but it is always so funny to see like at the end of April what things are like and then you know, fast forward to September, October, and it's like completely different for, for the most part. Yeah. So, so um, my here's my so just a note: like everyone, every team in the American League East has a positive run differential, which is crazy. Wow. Um, yeah. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if the A's lose 120 games. What's the record? 119. 119. Yeah, 16 Oh, the Tigers lost 119. Um, in the like 2013 Tigers? or 03, I thought it was 2013. Maybe it was 03. Nah, so it was maybe like the Mets lost 120. Did the Mets lose 120? I think the I think the Mets still hold the record. Maybe they the maybe the Tigers have the American League record. Yeah, they went 43 and 119. One 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 year in the 21st century, I can't remember when. I think that was 2003. All time the Cleveland Spiders. But that's 1899. So yeah, that doesn't count. <laughs> um, let's see, let's see. Oh uh, yeah, the Mets, sixty-two Mets, one twenty. Yeah, forty and one twenty. Yeah, and then um, wait, so they only played one hundred and sixty games. Yeah, apparently. Don't know why. Um, hmm. And they still have the record. <laughs> well, okay, so let me let me rephrase. Yeah, two thousand three. The Aries could lose one hundred and twenty-one games. Yeah. yeah. Who? What? What was the Tigers? It was 03. You were right. 43 and 119, which was the record I remembered and, and you remembered the year. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that is the American League record. I think that's right. Yeah. Alan Trammell was the manager then. Wow. I don't remember that at all. Wow. Uh, 
Yeah. Fucking terrible. Yeah. The, yeah. We'll, we'll have to spend some time talking about the, the athletics and try not to make everybody super sad about it all. But yeah, really, that's a, that's a fucking terrible situation. Yeah. For sure. Really depressing. Yeah. Yeah. All right, boys, any, right. any shout outs before we get out of here today? Yeah. 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 Let me, let me read off what I, just because give me a second. All right. While you're looking for that, my shout out goes to cousin Greg a- update for Matt. Uh, my student finished number one in the country and number three in the state for the stock market game. Had another kid finish number two in what they call the budget game. I took home $70 in Amazon gift cards for it. <laughs> Did you say the kid finished number one in the country, but number three in the state? County, sorry. Oh, I county. Number yeah. one in the county and number three in the state. Okay. That 10.2 is kicking in. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's impressive. Either way, that's awesome. All right. Yeah, that's all I want to read. You guys good? And yeah, congratulations, Cousin Greg. Uh, I still think my stock market game team did better, but good, good job. Good job. <laughs> I did not get any gift cards. I just got a dinner. So I would have taken gift cards. <laughs> Why does a kid want a dinner when he can get gift cards? <laughs> so I'm going to just quote myself here. Hallelujah, fucking goodbye, Tucker fuckface Carlson. Oh, you yeah. piece of shit, white nationalist scrotum scum. Yes, yes, that's good. Get your fucking question, stupid doofus face off TV. You, yeah, there you go. He said, that was good, that was good. And never come back, you piece of shit. Yeah. Love it. That's good. Ah, so good. Anything, Ethan, or are you going to be moody as usual? I'm not moody. The rain cloud. Yeah, rain cloud. That's right. Rain cloud, exactly. Eeyore. Eeyore. Yeah, Eeyore, rain cloud. Or, uh, what was that? Uh, um, well, you used to say, Colin says Dick Master. Yeah. Yep. You can yeah, tell a lot so about much... a person by their nicknames. Yeah, you're not so much a Dick Master since you've been on the meds, but. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I I still I don't know why my dad still calls you football head. <laughs> Who me? Yeah. Yeah, I don't really get that either. I, I don't I, get it either. But really yes, get, isn't that from Hey Arnold? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> my my hair was never like Arnold's. My head is not shaped like that. My head is like relatively big, but it's relatively proportional. It's not. Uh, yeah, I don't know why. I don't know where that came from. As I have dad. no idea. Yeah, no. I've challenged him on it too. Like what? Where did that? Like what? And I, I believe his answer was because he's a football head. And like no, no, no. It's said with with much love and admiration. Okay, all right, sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right, boys, we are. Uh.